Welcome to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. We welcome you to come and join us as we explore the Word of God to open up new levels of glory for every believer to come in closer to the Father. Join Apostle Calvin as he shares the Word of God as the Lord Jesus has revealed it unto him to share with the body of Christ. This is Apostle Callan Brown of Christ We Glorified Ministries, and welcome to another broadcast centered around the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. This is Resurrection Sunday. Amen. A time of celebrating the fact that Jesus died for our sins and that God raised him from the dead for our justification. Amen. And so we do celebrate the day. Amen. In 1 Corinthians. Chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Amen. 1 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. It says, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Amen. So this is a New Testament reference to the Passover. Amen. In Exodus chapter 12, telling about the Passover lamb, killing the Passover lamb, putting the blood over the doorpost and the lentil. And of course, Jesus is that Passover lamb. And so that's what in the Old Testament, the, 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 the Passover lamb was symbolic of Jesus. And so that's what this scripture says, that Jesus is our Passover And so let us keep that feast of Passover, not that Old Testament, but what it represents, amen, the removal of leaven. It is is a lifestyle, a godly lifestyle, a holy lifestyle, amen, where we remove wickedness and malice. We remove leaven from our lives, amen. The Bible says a little leaven, leaven the, the lump, amen. That which is of the flesh, that which is of the world, that which is of the spirit of the world comes in and changes the form of that which is supposed to be sincerity and truth. Amen? So we're called as Christians to sincerity and truth, amen. And so we say this is Resurrection Sunday, Amen. But we do not um, mix it with that which is pagan. Amen. We do not mix it with that which is of pagan origins. Amen. All that Easter, Easter eggs and bunnies and and all that stuff. And even the the spirit that causes you to, to spend money on those things and to go after those things. For the kingdom of God is based around the honor of Jesus. Amen. And so we set it straight to remove the leaven 
even from the celebration of the day. For the Bible declares to keep the feast. Amen. Keep that day. In fact, every day is a day of remembrance that Jesus gave his life for us. Amen. And so that is to be honored. Amen. In Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 22, verses 27 and 28. Acts, chapter 22, verses 27 and 28. Amen. Then the commander came and said to him, that is the commander in the Roman army came to Paul, the apostle Paul. Tell me, are you a Roman? He said, yes. The commander answered, with a large sum, uh, I obtained this citizenship. And Paul said, but I was born a citizen. Amen. And so some translation says, with a large sum of money, the Roman commander says, with a large sum of money, I obtained this freedom. Amen. And the apostle Paul says, well, I was born free. Amen. Or I was born a Roman citizen. Amen. And so the Lord began to show me, amen, that there is a cost to freedom. Amen. That freedom that you enjoy as a Christian, amen, cost Jesus his life, amen, for you to be free. Praise God. And, and freedom as an American citizen, many, many patriots and soldiers and, and those that loved freedom spilled their blood so that you may be free, amen. And so the Lord says, freedom is of little use to you if you don't understand the cost of freedom. Amen. Freedom is, is nothing to you if you don't understand the cost. Amen. That's, that's anything if you don't understand the cost. Amen. Many of people have gotten a great windfall, so to speak. They, they have bought something at a garage sale, say a painting, amen, or, or something like that. And it was actually, you know, a, a great artist painting that the seller in the garage sale did not know. So they put a little price, amen. And it was so perhaps familiar, for millions, amen, because that the seller did not know the cost, but the buyer began to understand the cost. Amen. Something that looks obscure, looks like nothing could be of great, great cause. Amen. Now, we see a thing in America and across the world. See, America was founded, amen, because of freedom, the search, the thirst for freedom to be free from tyranny. But in America, there are those who are willing to throw away freedom because they have not, they were not a part of the original cost, nor have they considered the cost. Amen. Many times, rich people, what we call, you know, preppy, yuppie people, amen, living in a free country, 
perfectly willing to throw away their freedom because they have not considered the cost. Amen. And so in this Resurrection Sunday, that's what I'm calling you to do. Amen. To, to understand the cost. Amen. Because if you could understand the cost, it would be precious to you. It changes how you conduct yourself. Amen. You would be willing to fight. Amen. To hold on. Amen. To that thing which is precious. You would honor the thing that is precious, that, that is pertaining to Jesus. Amen. In Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 29. Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 29. Well, let's read verse 28 first. It says, anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verse 29, of how much more worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified as a common thing or unholy and insulted the spirit of grace. Amen. So under the law that anyone who rejected Moses's law, you know, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, that person was counted worthy of death. So I want you to just to consider how precious the blood of Jesus is. It says, how much more sore punishment do you suppose those should receive who rejected, who, who trampled the Son of God underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing. So the, the, the writer is trying to tell you how precious the blood of Jesus is. You, you'll have to consider for your life to be a righteous life and conduct indeed, for your life to be a holy life, and conduct indeed, amen, you would have to consider how precious the blood of Jesus is, amen, the life of the Son of God. He gave his blood for us, for us to have life. So two things, that blood is precious, amen, that blood is precious, and the eternal life which he has given us is precious. Amen. You have to consider it. You, you have to be still. You, you have to let God move you. You have to let God touch you. You have to let God deal with you. So you won't be just a callous, worldly person, insensitive to the things of God. Hallelujah. So you have to consider how precious the blood of Jesus is as you conduct your life as one which honors the Lord Jesus, the life that he gave. So the life that Jesus gave afforded us eternal life. And so that eternal life is so precious because of the, the price that was paid, the blood of Jesus. 
Amen. And so he sanctified us. Amen. He brought us into a higher place. Amen. Did you know that some people think that mankind is no different than an animal? And they even give more honor to animals. Amen. Protecting the animals, protecting the life, saying some species are in danger. So trample over man, <laughs> trample over man's rights, trample over man's freedom for some animal. Amen. Ay, 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 mama, sandre, fibre, gonchinka, tata, prita, chicorta, morta, ferroco, chifirto, mamania, scutra, mushka. Hallelujah. So precious. Amen. For God to love the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth upon him should not perish, but have eternal life. So precious is the life of Jesus. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Jesus poured out his blood. So precious is Jesus' life. So precious is his blood to give us eternal life. So precious is the life that God gave us because it cost Jesus his life. He, and his blood he spilt. His blood. Amen. And you have to consider you're in this earth realm. The spirit of the world desensitizes you to devotion to God, to, for, to love of God. The, the world tries to remove any semblance of God out of life, out of society. And they certainly don't want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Amen. And so you cannot be fooled by the spirit of the world. You cannot be fooled by what persuasions are pulling at you, driving you. Amen. You have to hold on. In other words, let's just say the course of this world, the tides, the forces of this world, and you're holding on to devotion to Jesus. Amen. Though the storms, the tides, the winds come that the life of Jesus that he gave you is so precious. You prove how precious the blood of Jesus is by your life. Amen. You count the cost. Amen. You show how precious the blood of Jesus is by not giving into the things of this world which try to sway you. Amen. Your, your devotion to God is, is the most important thing. Your love for God is the most, the most important thing. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Verses 2 and 3. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 2 and 3. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, 
which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So this so great a salvation cannot be neglected. Jesus gave his life. Amen. That everybody has not accepted Jesus, but the Bible says this was such a great salvation. How can we neglect so great a salvation? So the word of the gospel, amen, which will get you saved and will save your soul and out of salvation of soul, which includes the subset of that is the renewal of the mind, renewing the mind to walk free from the winds of this world, the influence of this world that we're born into the kingdom of God. And so we grow in the Lord as we continue with him, abide in him. So not only to be born again, but to walk in a lifestyle of godliness and holiness because the greatest influence and should be the only influence in your life is that which is of the Lord. He gave his life for you. He showed that he loved you, that there's no doubt that the Lord lo loves you. you. You can't even doubt it. <laughs> man, no greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for a friend. Amen. So the Lord calls you his, his covenant friend. He laid down his life. And truly, that, that eternal life that God gives you is a willingness to lay down your life. Amen. To pick up your cross. Lay down your life, so to speak. Amen. To walk, amen, in the purpose, the calling, the destiny that God has for you, which will require, it will require, amen, for you to regard the Lord over the things that are of this world. That's the laying down of your life, amen. That the life in the kingdom, eternal life, life with God is greater Amen. Than anything that the world can offer for the world is out there grabbing at you, trying to get you to deny the preciousness of the blood of Jesus. You show the preciousness of the blood of Jesus by your willingness to be sanctified by the blood. Amen. To be holy before the Lord. Amen. A lot of people they do not want to consider the Lord that deeply. They, they do not want to gaze upon the Lord. Amen. We are called to gaze at Jesus. Amen. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it says a couple of things that we're, if we gaze at Jesus through the glory, amen. What is the glory? The glory is that part of God that he even placed on 
creation in the beginning where nothing rebelled against the Lord. So the glory is with the Lord. It's, it's the heaviness of God. It shows the true virtue of the Lord. Amen. So when God created everything, he put glory on it. And when that thing operated in the purpose which God intended, the glory stayed on it. It showed that it was not in rebellion unto the Lord. When man sinned, the glory departed. So God says, as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And so God puts his glory on that which is right. God puts his glory on that which is righteous. God puts his glory on that which is one with him and which agrees with him. Amen. And so we're brought back into the glory. And so the one way the Bible says the gospel is the glorious gospel, the gospel of glory. And so as we look into that perfect law of liberty, that gospel of glory, we began to see who we are, the face of Jesus. We see who we are in the face of Jesus. Amen. And we began to be transformed as we look into his face. What is right? Jesus represents what's right, what's good. Amen. What's perfect, what's holy. What, when God wanted children, Amen. When God wanted sons and daughters, what did God intend? What did God want? Amen. For them to be like Jesus. Amen. And so we have to look into the glory. Amen. The, the, the image of glory. Amen. And we are transformed into that same image from one level of glory to another. Amen. So who Jesus is. Amen. We are being brought into who Jesus is. Amen. That we are sons of glory. The whole earth, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of glory. Amen. For us to live up to that, that stature, the image of Christ, the Bible says. Amen. And so God has employed, hallelujah, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen. To teach the word, to show the word, to prophesy the word. And we read the word, amen. And we began to become what the word says that we are. It's an image of righteousness. God made us righteous. God made us holy. We began to, to shine, to show the holiness of God in the glory of the Lord, so, so to speak, amen. And so what God has worked Amen. And what Jesus has labored, amen, giving his life, even laboring, he shall receive the reward of the labor of his soul. Amen. All that Jesus labored is to bring us to a place of honor. Amen. As we honor the Lord, then we begin to partake of his divine nature. The Bible says, by these exceeding great and precious promises, we are partakers of his divine nature, amen, which is holiness, which is righteousness, which is the fruit of the spirit, the nature of God began to show forth in our life. We have no ability within ourselves, but in our yieldedness as we behold the image of Jesus, amen, and only bowing to that image, amen, 
then the Lord blesses us. Amen. The old man is, is dead, but as we walk it out and we are transformed, we show that the old man is dead, that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are of God. Amen. We are of the heavenly kind because that's where we're going. Amen. So the revelation is that we're supposed to wind up in heaven. So you're in this earth which tries to take away the revelation of the Lord, the reality of heaven and being with God. Amen. So you deny the world. You receive the revelation of the Lord. Heaven is more real to you. God is more real to you. Jesus is more real to you. The Holy Spirit is more real to you as you deny the things which are of the world. So the reality of righteousness, the reality of holiness, godliness appears in your life. You're not bragging. You're not boasting. You're honoring the Lord Jesus by dying to the old self in allowing Jesus to come forth. You're honoring the blood of Jesus. He paid a price, a very, very costly price, a very precious price. You're showing that the blood of Jesus is precious. You're showing that the blood of Jesus is holy. <laughs> Amen. In First Peter, the book of First Peter, Chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. It says, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so the, the blood of Jesus is contrasted with those things that people call precious, gold and silver, which the Bible says are corruptible, amen, subject to corruption and decay. In other words, the forces of, on this earth realm, which this, this earth will be done away with eventually, amen. The Bible says, I see a new heaven and a new earth, amen. And so it shows that those things are corruptible. You were not purchased. You were not bought back with corruptible things, but by the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without spot or blemish. Amen. And how do we show that the blood is precious? In 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two, verses four through seven. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Amen. So Jesus is precious. The living stone who is precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it's also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. Again, he is precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. 
But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So if you actually believe this, he is precious. Amen. But to the ones who are disobedient, he is a stone of stumbling. He's a rock of offense. Amen. He is, he was, he is rejected by those who don't believe. So your believing shows how precious he is. Because if he's the living stone, we are being built up as living stones to, to represent that same image of Jesus. We, the church, are called by as individuals and corporately to represent who Jesus is. Amen. You can't do it on your own. You have to receive the life which is of the Lord. Amen. To, to present that you are a living stone, that you're being built up into a spiritual house, amen, the house of the Lord, amen, that you are a pleasant plant, the planting of the Lord. Everything that you are is supposed to represent that Jesus paid the price, and so the, the offering that you give, your life is an offering, amen, the life that, 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 you, that you show, amen, is an offering unto the Lord that he is precious. So I can look at your life and tell whether you believe that he is precious. And I can tell how precious you believe that he is by your life. Amen. Because we are called. We are a holy priesthood. We are called to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Our life is an offering. Amen. Our life, our life is an offering which honors the Lord. Our life is an offering which shows how precious we believe the blood of Jesus is, how holy we believe that the blood of Jesus is. For it is the holy blood that sanctifies, separates us, amen, and two a holy life, sanctification, sanctified unto God, that means separated unto God, separated away from the world. Amen. And so the preciousness of, of the Lord. Amen. So, so why am I saying these things? There is an attempt to remove the image of God from the public square and all places in between and to replace the image of God with images that are not born of God. And so the question is, why is that? So there, there is um, as if the whole world is um, insistent, the whole world has gone crazy. There is, we're at the place of no middle ground, amen. So the world, what I mean is the spirit of the world and the antichrist spirit are presenting images that are not of God. Now, remember this. Now, the image of God is Jesus, but the image of God can be seen in everything that has the glory on it. The glory is that part of God. And so God puts glory on the thing that is compliant unto God, yielded unto God by operating in the purpose for which God made it. And so there's something holy about the creation of God, whereby God put his glory. 
especially upon man. What is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. So the glory that God put on man would stay, amen, if man would operate in the purpose that God created him, which is to be submitted to God, to have dominion and authority as man is submitted unto God or operating under God's crown, amen, giving honor and glory to the one who gave the dominion and the authority, and the one who is due all dominion and authority. Amen. And so Adam and Eve fail. Amen. So the glory departed. God says, as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of God. So the gospel is called the glorious gospel. The Bible says that if the, the gospel is, is hid, it is hid to those who are perishing, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds thereof, lest the light there's light in the gospel of glory. In other words, the, the, the glory is a glory of light, amen, which illuminates man and brings him up from the dust. Holy Ghost. Up from the dunghill. Up from the lowly. Up, up, up. You're not an animal. Up. <laughs> You're not an animal. Up. To the place of being with the Lord. Hallelujah. Who can be with the Lord? God is so holy. God has elevated you. Holy Ghost. And brought you into divine communion. Holy Ghost. You say, I can't speak that language. God gives you his word, God gives you the Holy Ghost to pray by the Holy Ghost. How can I be with God? Holy Ghost. How can I be in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. The Lord will have to elevate you from this world. Amen. Into his kingdom. You, you understand. You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, you're not in the dirt. Holy Ghost. You're not an animal. Holy Ghost. For the Lord has elevated you. It's, it's something that only God could do. <laughs> Amen. And so you honor him by receiving the coat of many colors. Holy Ghost. <laughs> you say, what you talking about, apostle? The Lord has elevated you. <laughs> He's given you a coat of many colors. Holy Ghost. You know, I'm alluding to Joseph. His father gave him a coat of many colors because he loved him so much. And that coat made others jealous. Amen. So God has given you a coat of many colors, which makes other people jealous. Holy Ghost. That many colors represents the colors of the rainbow. The colors of the rainbow represents all the different dimensions of light. Amen. We see light and we call it white light. But you, you let light go through a prism. Holy Ghost. You see a rainbow. Hallelujah. Sebrosa, farambo, sebrebo. It is broken down into all those colors. 
So God has elevated you and given you many colors, which represents his light, which represent the rainbow glory of God. The Bible says over the throne of God is a rainbow of glory. Hallelujah. This is the most holy. They tried to make rainbow the most profane. And yet the rainbow of God is the most, is the most holy. So there is an attempt to remove the image of God from the public square. Amen. Hebrews. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> Hebrews. Chapter 1. That there's a reason that the devil does not want the image of God in this earth realm. The image of God represents the consummation of perfection. Amen. The consummation of beauty. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Speaking of Jesus, who being the bright who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus, Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. Amen. And the express image of his person. Amen. So Jesus is the image of God. Amen. As seen in bright glory, the light of glory. Amen. And so we are made in the image of God. Amen. So we are supposed to be like Jesus in this earth realm, the light of glory, the express image of God. Jesus says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And all that Jesus did, how he saved, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he, he um, healed the blind eyes, the deaf ears, the mute tongue. He cleansed the leper, amen. Those that were bowed over, amen. He, he cast out the spirits of infirmity, amen. He represented who God is, amen. And so the church is supposed to represent who God is, that the people looking on should look at the image. They are not supposed to see me. They're supposed to see the image of Jesus. Amen. Because it is the image that the devil is so afraid of. That's why he's trying to put other images, that which defiles and that which corrupts. He's trying to make people bow to other images. Instead of bowing to the image, to the image of the Lord. Amen. So Jesus is the image of the Father, and the church is made in his image. Amen. In Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Amen. So Jesus holds everything together. Jesus is the image of beauty. In other words, when people speak of beauty, they really don't know what beauty is if they don't know the source of beauty. Jesus is the picture, the 
image of righteousness. He has made righteousness unto us. He is our peace. Amen. He not only gives peace, he is peace. Amen. He is salvation. He is, he is deliverance. So Jesus take, takes every ugly situation and, and he provides his beauty. Amen. Beauty for ashes, as it were. Jesus takes every ugly situation and by his image, he's able to bring beauty in this earth realm by the glory of God. The glory of God, it shows what is beautiful. Amen. That which is conformed unto God, that which is submitted unto God. The Bible says that we are supposed to be conformed in, into the image of Jesus. And so beauty Amen. It's that which is made right, that which is brought back into divine order. It can only come by the image of Jesus. The Bible says that we express the image. We are transformed in, into the image. The image of Jesus is supposed to be in this earth realm, an image which the glory of God shows is beautiful, submitted unto God, as it were. You know, that's why we make so much. You know, a lot of people think we can, we come up with these messages on our own. No, the Lord gave us these messages. That's why the woman's part is so important, how she represents the bride of Christ and how she has to be submitted to the, the divine order of the Lord to project the beauty that the Lord desires. We preach these messages over and over. Some people, because they see according to the flesh, Holy Ghost, they reject the things of God because they're down here in this earth realm instead of the kingdom of God. Amen. They are relegated. They, they are down there and they, they refuse to come up to the place of honor that God has for you. First, I mean, Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 through 19. It says, For by him all things were created, that's speaking of Jesus, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So you, you, you cannot be outside the realms of of, of the Lord saying like, I'm, I'm not created for the Lord. I'm my own person. I do my own thing. Religion is a crush. Christianity is a crutch for those who are weak minded. Amen. Yet here you are created. If you're so big and bad, why were you created? <laughs> Man, the, the acknowledgement that you exist means that someone had to create you to bring you. If you are Curiously, wonderfully made, amen, that even doctors and scientists cannot keep up with all the systems of order. Every system is a system of order. The nervous system, the blood, the heart, the muscles, everything is a system, digestion, a system that is supposed to create this exists in order. Now, look, listen to again, again. It says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things was, were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist in him. Things consist in him. If you get outside of him, then things began to fall apart. 
he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Amen. All things that Jesus may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him that all fullness should dwell. Amen. So all life Everything that is teeming, everything which is, is good, it, it exists, fullness exists in him. Amen. So, so look at it this way. He's the center of the universe by which everything else consists. Even you, he's the center of your universe. He's, he's the center. He even keeps your body, your mind from thinking, thinking good thoughts. Amen. Meditating on that which is good. That, that you are compacted, you, you are held together by him. If you will give him that place, his, his rightful place, if you will give him that place, amen. So Jesus' image is the picture of beauty and order and peace and perfection. The image of Christ holds all things together. So that's why the devil does not want the image of Christ in his earth. He wants you bowing to other images. Amen. Because he's the image that heals, delivers, brings divine order, brings peace, and holds everything together. Why? The, the creation. God has already created. He's already worked. Amen. And now everything is held together by the word of his power. The Lord holds everything together, waiting for man to honor him, to release the glory, which releases more glory. We go from glory to glory. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel. Chapter 28. So, so why, why? are things like this. You, you must perceive and know, you must recognize when things happen in this earth, what is happening, why they are happening. So this is speaking of the devil that were, once was an angel called Lucifer in heaven and he was cast out, the Bible says, because iniquity was found in him. But we're just gonna deal with verse 17. It says, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they may gaze at you. Again, a theme of these messages is that you must ponder. You must consider. You must be still before the Lord. You must gaze at Jesus. Amen. And so the, the, the Lord is saying, that also you can consider that which is fallen. Amen. So the devil failed because of his pride. His heart was lifted up in pride because of his beauty and because of his wisdom. And so because iniquity was found in him, his beauty was corrupted or corruptible. And his wisdom was corrupted or corruptible. Amen. And so when the devil speaks, he speaks to allure with wisdom and beauty, but that wisdom and beauty is corruptible. Amen.
Did you know that people can be yielded to the spirit of the devil to try to present their beauty and present their wisdom? And it is corruptible. It is the devil's wisdom and beauty that you're presenting. You're trying to allure to the things that are of the flesh instead of bringing people to Jesus. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will bring, draw men unto myself. Amen. So you can be caught up in earthly, natural wisdom and, and even natural beauty. And who is, who has hold of you? Who, who are you working for in your wisdom and in your beauty? So you see where the fall, where it came from. It came from the devil. Amen. He was lifted up in pride because of his beauty and because of his wisdom, amen, which is corrupted. Hallelujah. And so that's, that's what is in this earth realm. And Isaiah, you need to know what Jesus went through, Isaiah. So to present you spiritually beautiful, <laughs> amen. What is spiritually beautiful? That, that means arrayed with glory. Jesus is looking for a church without spot, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. Ephesians chapter five, amen. So a glorious church means the glory is where the beauty is. The, the, the glory shows the image of God, amen. And the glory also transforms you into that same image by the Spirit of God. Amen. Transforms you into that, that same image. So Jesus paid the price for you to be spiritually beautiful. That means clothed in glory. Amen. Isaiah chapter 52, verses 13 through 15. Isaiah 52, verses 13 through 15. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. He shall sprinkle many nations, that's with his blood. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told, them they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. So Jesus was beat up. He was tortured. I mean, there's, there's no way that, that, that he was pummeled, that his form was so, they, they pulled out his beard. Not only that, God poured sin on him, that he was messed up. He, his form was messed up more than any man. And we continue reading in Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 3. And who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, or beauty. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Now, Jesus 
is the most beautiful image of all. And yet when he came in the form of a man, he allowed his beauty to be taken away. He gave his beauty as an offering so that you can be fitted for glory again. The same glory that he had from the beginning, the same glory that Adam lost, that you can be fitted for glory again. He gave his beauty. He allowed them. He, man could not take his life. He laid down his life. And one of the things that they did was they took his beauty so that people could consider. The Bible says that so that people would look and they would consider, amen, what type of sacrifice is this that the Son of God would lay down his beauty so that we could receive beauty, so that people would consider eternity, eternal beauty. You see that? That the Bible, beauty can be fleeting, that, that external beauty, so that people would consider. In other words, there is a revelation in the fact that Jesus' passion that he gave his life and the suffering. There is a revelation. Everything that he laid down was for us. You, you can look at everything that he suffered, the thorns on his head, the stripes on his back. Everything that Jesus suffered was to give us a gift. Amen. He suffered the thing so that we could receive the gift of life, so that we would consider eternal beauty eternal value, amen, the worth and the value of eternal life, amen. So Jesus, who is the most, the most beautiful, hallelujah. The Bible says that he is fairer than all the sons, the sons of men, amen. He, Exodus, the book of Exodus, and I know my time is about spent, Chapter 20, verses 3 through 5. So this is part of the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 5. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water or under the earth Amen. You shall not bow, you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. So you should have no other image. You should have no other image than the image that is supposed to be in the earth, which is the image of Jesus. So men being women, women being men, the earth and the climate being God's. A refusal to use the resources that God has given to bless mankind. Abusing children. Amen. It shows the ugliness of life without God. Amen. The worship of money or the worship of, of gold. Amen. These are images which are not supposed to be in the earth. Amen. Which try to subvert the image of Christ. All these images try to subvert the image of Christ, those that do such things. Amen. And in the book of Daniel, amen. The book of Daniel, 
chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. So another image in this earth, amen, except the image of the Lord. And yet the devil is trying to put images in this earth, amen. Nebuchadnezzar, the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and width was six cubits. And he set it in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon, and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, the, and symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down to worship shall be cast immediately in the midst of, of a fiery burn, furnace. Amen. A burning fiery furnace. So this is the story of the three Hebrew boys who refused to bow to the image that the king over the land had set up. When the music was played, everybody else bowed down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow, and so they were thrown into the midst of the furnace. Amen. And so God saved their life. Amen. That even the people that threw them in, those many of the strong men, they died because of the urgency and, and the heat, amen, of the fire. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were not killed. Neither, neither was the, the smell of smoke on them. Amen. And then in verse 24 and 25, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I, that, that word form also can mean image. So the image of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. So the image of the Lord appeared in the fire, <laughs> amen, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they refused to bow to the image, amen, that was presented by Nebuchadnezzar, a type of that which is, which is of the world, amen. And so that's where we are as Christians. We're called not to bow to those images. Not Listen, I'm, I'm just going to be plain, amen. Do not Look at shows which present those images. Do not look at commercials that present an 
image which blasphemes God creation. God created male to, to operate as a male and female to operate as a female. Amen. And, and he called them for man and woman to be, to be married, and that would be the image, amen, of that which is permitted by God to produce godly, godly seed. Amen. And so, because so many Christians have been enamored by the world and indeed living in the world, I have to make it plain, amen, that this is attached to the word of God. Don't buy those products, amen, to your knowledge. Do not patronize that which glorifies another image. Amen. This is, this is not hard. Your, your devotion to God, your consecration to the Lord will give you life, not take life. Amen. So the Lord is giving you life. You show how precious the blood of Jesus is by your life style and your conduct, your behavior. You show whether or not the blood of Jesus has is sanctifying you or you are allowing it to sanctify you. So Father God, we thank you for this word on this resurrection Sunday. Jesus is indeed raised from the dead, amen. And he was raised by the spirit of glory, amen. The spirit of God is the spirit that revitalizes us, quickens us to life, that activates us to life, causes us to see and to perceive and to know what is, what is right as it pertains to the life which God has given unto us. Hallelujah. I hear the Lord say this is a serious time. Hallelujah. That to listen to every warning of the Lord. Hallelujah. And to move quickly. According to the warnings which are of the Lord. As the Lord begins to sanctify those. Hallelujah. Whom he shall raise up. Hallelujah. To meet him in the air. Holy Ghost. He is sanctifying a group. Are you in that group? Amen. Those who are of, of the spirit of glory. Hallelujah. Those who see internally, before even seeing outwardly. Hallelujah. You are illuminated. You are lit. You're caught on fire. Hallelujah. That, that, that fiery light of glory, which causes you to see and have the fear of the Lord. Amen. Several notice, notice, saith the Lord, that's the sound of the Lord. You who were far off, you hear a sound. Hallelujah. As you draw nearer, that sound is clearer. The Lord has taken your grave clothes. Hallelujah. The Bible declares where you were scattered out in the world, the Lord is gathering, hallelujah, by the call of the Lord. The Lord is gathering you unto himself. Look, the Lord says, your grave clothes are gone. Hallelujah. The Lord has given you robes of righteousness. 
But not only that, saith the Lord, you exude the fragrance of the Lord, the fragrance of, of life. Once you smell it, you'll never forget it. Holy cows. The Lord wants to touch you in such a way that you'll never forget the day that the Lord actually touched you, that you laid down everything for the Lord. You counted the blood of Jesus as precious. You counted the blood of Jesus as holy and you did not go back. Amen. This is the call of the Lord. This is the holy calling wherewith the Lord is calling you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. For more information, visit ChristBeGlorifiedMinistries.com and you can also follow us on Facebook under Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Thank you so much and God bless you.